0: Earth, what's... My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 136th episode oh my God. Yeah, of Space Spinner 2000, the podcast where two Americans try to make sense, the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode we're covering 2000 AD for September and October 1985, progs 435 to 438. This time... Dread deals with murder bots and the start of a conspiracy. Nemesis and Robo Hunter return, and we get to know the Mean Team. Uh, oh, and-
1: yeah, they're pretty mean.
0: Yeah. Oh, and, uh, you know, Thark's back, I guess. Um, anyhow.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh.
0: If you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dread, The Complete Case Files 9, The Complete Nemesis, The Warlock Volume 2, Robo Hunter, The Droid File. The Droid F- Files Volume 2, The Mean Team Collection, and the Best of Future Shocks.
1: All right, man. Yeah. That's pretty... a full, full fucking load this <laughs> time, man. I am well... not happy. Oh, no. Disappointed Fox. That's the worst Fox. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, 50% happy, 50% like... Yeah.
0: Speaking of things that hopefully are not disappointing, though, oh, it's... Yeah, totally. through 1, Nemesis the
1: Warlock. Do you know what my favorite opener to any comic book could possibly be a giant robot man in his huge robot man nipples in his mouth stomach
0: yeah just telling everybody to come forth and let him embrace them and then hugging them to death with his giant hands
1: <laughs> i mean who doesn't want to hug to death
0: i mean of all the things that i could bead I, I i could bead to death i guess hugging <laughs> is like one of my top ones i suppose
1: yeah i mean it's, it's- gentle until it kills you yeah
0: i mean it beats getting stabbed to death i think um (laughs) script robot pat mills art robot brian talbot letter robot steve potter the
1: vengeance of thoth all will end in a sea of fire and blood Man, that's prophetic. I really hope it it doesn't end in a sea of fire and blood.
0: I got to tell you, Fox, um, something that I'm sure our listeners have been dealing with for the last two episodes and that I'm really excited that I did, but I didn't do while we're doing the show live, was whenever I said... uh, uh, Nosferatu, like the spider guy, last episode, mm-hmm. the last two episodes. I added mm-hmm. a thing where I ju- where I just shouted, "I write his name in blood" with a uh, with a guitar solo underneath. Um, yes, and man, I'm feeling really good about it, but no one's heard it yet, so I don't know if everybody <laughs> else is really angry about
1: it. Okay, All right. that's I have the uh, idea. What you're talking about, you'll
0: see, but it's a real. I'm really excited about. It. Um, okay. Anyhow, so. Man, Nemesis the Warlock, all right? right, ten, It's ten years after the events of the last Nemesis story. And it's been so long. It's true. That's a long time. Torquemada is now just a memory on Termite. And we see a giant statue, like you say, catch say the catchphrase, you know, be pure, be vigilant, behave. And then squeeze a bunch of sinners to death with this giant stone robot hand. It's pretty cool.
1: That's awesome, really. Yeah.
0: Meanwhile, Nemesis is relaxing on vacation with Magna, you know, the uh, the female warlock that sort of won his love through treachery, that though he doesn't know that.
1: Definitely killed his wife and maybe probably not his baby. Mm.
0: When uh, Purity Brown arrives with news that one of the ABC warriors is dead. And I guess who gives a shit? I mean, not Nemesis, man. He's like busy maxing and relaxing with his new boo, you know? Yeah. And he's acting pretty cool. I mean, yeah, he's got like his like uh, beach shorts on and stuff like that. It's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. So ridiculous. Nemesis doesn't even care which ABC warrior died because he's so busy getting married. And, you know, he doesn't really care because, like, the Terminators have gone soft since Torquemada died. So there's not even a big reason to oppose them and stuff.
1: Yeah, um, I guess not. Although purity seems to be pretty hell bent on like, let's go shoot some people. Absolutely, yeah. Later, she- it's like let's kill less. I guess.
0: I mean, I think it's just the kinds of people that are getting killed. You know, like yeah, that's fair. She's all for killing terminators, but less so for like letting little kids die. Maybe. <laughs> Whatever. <Uh-oh. laughs> um, but uh Purity storms off and Magna just eats and Donk whole. Oh yeah. shuggles. That guy's dead so we don't have to worry about his um brand of gibberish anymore. Literal well, gibberish. Uh- just like
1: <laughs> killing two people at the start of this like totally. damn getting All these right. guys out of the way
0: meanwhile gross baggy young warlock Thoth is abusing his human parents quote unquote with a terrifying new pet we can't quite see All um, right then. yeah at the and so we're at the now we're at the wedding of Magna and Nemesis and things are going okay despite uncle Bow being annoying and stuff also yeah, meanwhile just mean we- totally Also, meanwhile, Thoth is putting his magical abilities into action, summoning a terror tube version of Torquemada into the future, where he arrives to find the new Grandmaster of Earth being friendly to aliens.
1: Oh, what what gives here? That's an Armadillo alien.
0: Yeah, well, you know, um, the Terminators have lightened their one hundred percent anti alien stance. Now some aliens might be decent, but uh, we only learned this after Torquemada kills the alien in cold blood and gets arrested.
1: <laughs> hey, man, that was a trade agreement. We were going to make some scrap.
0: Nah, listen, we got to be you know be pure, be vigilant, behave, man. Uh, I guess. Yeah he's about to be put to death ironically just you know his own people burning <laughs> him at the stake and uh, thoth will have his revenge good times
1: uh and then very quickly everyone figures out that oh it's the real torquemada but this yeah. is not good for business
0: no 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 he gets judged and they turn out that he is him but like things are cooled down and listen when a religious fanatic shows up and says you've got to start killing all your trade partners you got to think about it you know um, yeah, exactly you know, so basically he's just sentenced to death as a false Torquemada. Presumably <laughs> these crop up all the time with the religious fanatics of the Termite Empire and stuff. I love the phrase, false Torquemada. That's awesome. It's good. I should say also, um, just as another aside, I guess, I've recently been reading this comic book that uh, Pat Mills is currently writing called uh, Requiem, which okay. is about whoa it's a I th- anybody who's read requiem knows the challenge i have trying to give an elevator pitch for what it's about but basically it's about like uh vampires and demons and oh all this stuff God, this fighting awesome fighting way in the future it's got a very um european art look to it i forget the author's Shemone name which makes a me a bad vampire. person and stuff yeah it's real cool and real like listen we're all grown up so we're just gonna tell this story balls to the wall you know um, it's, it's all about, into that. It's all about like people being reincarnated as vampires and other sort of demonic beings and stuff like that. Um it's cool and like, you know, all of this stuff in termite with the terminators and stuff really feels like the early versions of the vision that Mills has that would that, that'll eventually become Requiem, you know? cool like or one way or another it's sort of a it's sort of a bunch of these themes and like these big crazy like religious guys that are impossibly corrupt and sort of gothically like you know a combination of like ugly and beautiful that um really um informs a lot of his writing and and production and stuff like that um so yeah cool. so I, I read the first four volumes because um there was a deal on them during halloween and i i'd recommend them just to sort of check them out just to see like what he's doing now and stuff um but and also torquemada a, a a version of tor of uh of the actual torquemada is in that as well so it's sort of a of an interesting Ooh. crossover it's a crazy werewolf but anyhow um into it yeah, so Turcumat is sentenced, and we see him being led to the stake to be burned past previous victims like Brother Gogol and and Sir Everick and stuff, and it's fun to see these guys uh, being drawn by Brian Talbot instead of uh, Kev O'Neill. Also looking on is Thoth, who's stoked for his revenge, but he needs to go <laughs> feed his pet. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> what? Sorry, go ahead.
1: Stoked for his revenge. Yeah, he's stoked for his revenge. Get it? It's like a fire
0: pun. Staked for his revenge to be burned at.
1: That's awesome. Oh, Oh
0: Oh, man. (laughs) I can't believe I missed a pun. I got a penance now. Um, Meanwhile, Thoth's, uh, uh, Thoth's downstairs neighbor is tired of all the noise that's coming from upstairs and goes to check it out. There's some good jokes about just having a loud upstairs neighbor's a loud upstairs neighbor in this section that I would recommend, <laughs> but he goes to he goes to find it, and oh no, there's something terrible
1: in there. But I guess don't worry about it. Wedding time.
0: Yeah, at at Nemesis's wedding party after being married, Purity arrives to reveal there have been massive time distortions on termite from the apartment of Sir Hargan, and Nemesis quick, quick quickly puts it together that his son is alive and living on Earth. Holy smokes. And at that revelation, Magna's psychic uh, shield drops for just a second, and Nemesis can read her thoughts and learns the truth. Aw, oh, snap, time to stab this chick
1: right through her horse body.
0: Well, yeah, he pulls the, sword, the the sword Sinister and stabs her in the chest, and there's a pretty good, um, like, famous art, art problem here, where... He stabs oh. Magna in the chest with this, like, six-foot-long sword, and it doesn't come out her back? Like, it's like a collapsible, collapsible blade or something like that?
1: Oh, my God. All right. That's and it's, true.
0: And it's basically, like, I believe the censors said, like, you can't, like, show the blade coming out the other side of her back here, guys. Like, come on. Yeah, wah, wah. Um, So it's sort of, you know, it hurts it a little bit if you're kind of looking for it, but this is one of the big famous ones, I guess. Um, Anyhow magnus dead and
1: nemesis is going back to earth oh yeah oh, snap and then end of comic reveal what's the monster conrad <laughs> that's right
0: getting back on earth thoughts new pet is goddamn Satanus, the black t-rex yes. of the cursed earth whoa okay. <laughs>
1: Lobbery and hungry. It's great.
0: And then after the Robo Hunter, this prog, they uh, have a Satanus recap, which includes both Old One Eye, um, Satanist's stuff on the Cursed Earth, and then Golgotha and ABC Warriors. And I'm not sure, like, if in like 2018, if this is still true, but as of right now, this means that, like, so much of 2000 AD is one shared universe and explicitly <laughs> linked together. And that's the way Pat Mills likes it, you know?
1: Hey, why not, man? I'm into that. I like Satanis showing up in a fucking awesome comic book.
0: I think it's really funny that that Satanis has, you know, through various reincarnations and stuff, been alive for like a billion years, basically. Because, yeah, because he was alive. You know, he he was like he was like one of Old One Eye's son that Old One eyed eyes Old One Eye killed during Flesh, but then he was cloned and brought back to life on the cursed Earth, and now he's been time warped to whenever the heck Nemesis takes place. So he just, you know, covers a lot of ground. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: I mean, and he's really into his new, like, floating homie.
0: I mean, you know, Satanus knows how to party. I think we could, we, we've all, we all know that. <laughs> like, he's having a good time, you know?
1: Oh my God, beautiful. So
0: we see Torquemada get burned at the stake, and then he's led back to the stick again. He's caught in an endless time loop of being humiliated and burned, burned at the stake oh. by his own people.
1: It's awesome. I, I loved the art for this, where it's just like we, him doing it again and again and yeah, again. It's
0: a, down. Yeah, a panel of him burning, spiraling endlessly, endlessly repeated into eternity. Oh, it's good. It's um,
1: really great
0: he's Thoth's using a ton of time powers here like he summons a Mega City judge uh, to feed uh, Satanus which is pretty good who savors oh, eating sucks. this guy both because he likes the meat and because it's a dread surrogates and stuff and there's just yeah. this panel that's where Talbot goes insane with a combination of dino- d- dinosaur eating and Thoth doing magic it's real it's real awesome
1: they're both just so goopy and gross
0: it's true yeah Yeah, I mean, Talbot really goes out of his way to make Satanist as as gross a T-Rex as possible, which I think is a really cool move. Um. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nemesis, Purity, and Rojaws arrive on Terminator. I feel like I haven't mentioned that Rojaws is basically like Nemesis's butler and is traveling with him at all times. But th- that—that's happening. Um yeah. and I yeah. like it, man, because Rojaws is a good antidote to how self-serious Nemesis can become sometimes.
1: Strong agree. So
0: having Rojas there to kind of take the piss at him every every now and then is helpful. Um And this is also where we learn, like I, I or I feel like we've learned. We learned some new stuff about what termite is, how basically there's Mm. a black hole on one side of Earth and a white hole on the other side of Earth. And it sort of has become this, like, uh, like crossing point for like intergalactic travel and stuff, which I think seems pretty interesting, I I guess. Yeah. Yeah, And it helps. It's one of those things that helps make it. Help explain why termite's so important, like, to the human empire and stuff. Mm. Like, you know, if maybe, like, to travel from planet to planet, you have to stop over on Earth to sort of, you know, at, at the junction point, basically, um, yeah. is an interesting thing. It's pretty neat. Yeah. As they enter, though, Thoth casts a spell, which causes the Blitz Spear to shed its skin and just cover oh, everybody yeah. in the immediate area and blood and stuff, and just takes a lot of damage this yeah poor seth man this alerts the tube police and nemesis is under fire and we're just way back (laughs) to this awesome terror tube action oh yeah
1: he has gotta shoot him with a sweet gun and people exploding and shit's just going awesome. Always.
0: So it's a, it's tube fighting time as the Grand Master lowers this laser cage around our hero. Purity Oof. gets a black eye from one of the t- uh, tube cops and starts Oof. taking out Terminators with her hover bites, bikes, Dr. Octopus claws,
1: basically. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome.
0: Uh, nemesis ditches seth to commandeer a school bus assuming that they'll lower the gate to let him through the grandmaster yeah, I... at first balks but then he learns that among the 200 kids on the school bus are the children of torquemada and then he's like increase the voltage which holy shit man. nice uh, nemesis ditches back to seth from the school bus and they squeeze through the laser bars to safety as a school bus smashes into them
1: so all those kids are dead, two of oh, yeah. children.
0: That's right, including the uh, the children of Torquemada. Yeah. Um at their hideout, uh, uh Purity confronts Nemesis about um, you know, the kid die- about all the kids dying and stuff, and you know, he doesn't care really, he's putting his own kind first. He said this a couple times previously, honestly. Yeah. It's not that big of a revelation, I think. Um so Nemesis and Purity go to confront Thoth and Satanus at like their apartments. Which Witch. seems pretty easy. Like, they just got there right away. Um, <laughs> however, it doesn't go well. Satanus can now breathe fire and the bad guys escape
1: cool. um, and leave Nemesis and,
0: and Purity wondering where, where they'll ever be able to find him, basically.
1: Ugh. And I, I guess by looking at some goopy wall garbage, he's like, oh, this is they, they're somewhere in time.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty clear. Yeah, the, it's not... It's a weird thing because the apartment ha- of Sir Hargan's apartment has definitely turned into this sort of like goopy wasps nest kind of thing. Like, yeah. like it's it, I'm I'm calling it a wasps nest just cause it kind of it has like this very like organic like built feel, but obviously mm. wasps nests are more papery, whereas this is more sort of like gloopy, I suppose. Um, <laughs> it's they, gross. yeah, they look out the window and see the time loop. Torquemada, um, execution and Nemesis says the only way to flush out Thoth is to break this time loop and that means rescuing Torquemada (gasps) next time, remember how you used to call me Tom Tom what the fuck or I guess it's Torquemada saying it so, uh, remember how you used to call me Tom Tom
1: (laughs) which, I mean, it doesn't matter how you say it it's still fucking weird. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's we know
0: from like other stuff that he's that he's probably talking to his wife Candida mm. at that point because she always called him Tom Tom, and then. Oh, okay. we- as we'll recall, we last saw her asking for Torquemada for a divorce because he became, you know, a crazy uh, murder cloud monster.
1: You know? Wormy <laughs> and murder then later cloud. later a gross, yeah, a gross giant worm body man. Yeah, but
0: that was because he tried to fix his wor- his his, uh, his his murder cloud state by getting a new body. And then that, that body started mutating. You know, it's hard times.
1: <laughs> I mean, just in general, it seems like she's all right with him not being last we saw.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's pretty ready for him to go, I'd say. You know, <laughs>
1: I mean, Stop coming back to life. Yeah. I mean, you know,
0: time will do that to everybody. And speaking of folks getting older, Fox. Oh, my God. Thrill <laughs> to Robo wow. Hunter.
1: So now we're going to uh, deal with crippling gambling addictions.
0: <laughs> Always. Uh, script about Alan Grant and John Wagner is Grant Grover. Art robot Ian Gibson. Learning robot Richard Starking. Sam Slade is back.
1: He's, oh my God, he's old and thin and live.
0: Yeah, he's old as hell. So, so we're I basically guess. just back where uh, Robo Hunters started in like Prague 50 or whatever, right? Where he was an old guy,
1: mm-hmm. sort of back on the case, basically. Um, yep. He's, he's, fat, now he's. Now he's ready for action and he's real ticked off.
0: Yeah, we're here for his final case. Farewell, my billions. We last saw fat, retired Sam Slade going underwater as part of Dr. Droid's health farm. And after two years aboard, Sam has indeed uh, slimmed out to fighting shape and looks pretty good if extremely grizzled.
1: Oh, he's pissed at every robot in his life now. I mean, yeah, Bogie and Stogie just basically ditched him there so that he could get like the health assistance I guess he needed. But and I mean, he's been down there like, like, like,
0: like yeah, he's been down there like dieting and exercising to undo forty-eight years of unhealthy living on the on the shores of Tahiti. You know, that's
1: not that's not their choice to make. Is all I'm saying. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, that's why he's so pissed at them. <laughs> yeah. He arrives. He arrives back on Tahiti ready to kill hoagie and stogie his uh robot Super assistants cheesed. you know his uh apprentice robot robo hunter says yup a lot and of course his uh carlos escara inspired cuban cigar um like teammates <laughs> there you go uh, back when he um he arrives at his room and he's braced by a robo goon
1: oh man gotta fucking take out this robo goon yeah
0: the goon wants to know where hoagie and stogie are too as they owe him 27 billion credits um, after wow. a, a pretty solid beating, Sam fights back and beats this robot to death with the table
1: leg. <laughs> <laughs> He's still got it.
0: Yeah. He calls the bank and finds that indeed all of his money have has been taken out of the bank. Those damn bots. Sam oh, is out for Something revenge. Yeah. He puts on his Robo Hunter gear and it's time to take those bots. Bots out after 50 years off the job. That's awesome. Totally. Man, Sam's like back on the case. So Sam calls around to find the bots and sees they've uh, taken his yacht as well. This time oh. to hunt them down. Da- he, um, so it's time to hunt them down and figure out where they are and how this gangster bot was involved. He reads the bot's serial number and gets a clue and basically goes to pursue whoever made this robo goon. He pulls his final 10 grand out of a toilet tank and goes to get his answers. <laughs> Clutch move. You gotta have that backup just in case, money. You know? Yeah, man. Um, landing in New York, Sam reflects on the reforms at, that that uh, the reforms and rights that robots won during the day of the Droid story have all been lost, and robots are back in their place, um, except for some cheeky, ex- uh, expensive New York cab drivers. Oh, fish shake <laughs> at the. Uh, yeah at the bot maker from the serial number, Sam demands answers, and when some robot toughs come out, Sam just starts blasting them and the rest of the stuff in the owner's store it's pretty awesome eventually just
1: tell me and he just keeps breaking and he still doesn't tell him, so he just keeps breaking, even his most valuable
0: robot model at last he relents and he learns that the uh all these bots were sold to Harlem grits oh, man that name though man mm. I. I mean, it's it's fair. It's 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 not cool. Uh, Robo Hunters. You know, he's still uh, he's still in New York City. And now we see him sort of in uh in the like nightclub section of Harlem, basically. And I think it's pretty neat this just the way it's drawn and stuff. It's very yeah. seedy and full of like neon. and We see like uh, street urchins and people on the prowl, all running around and stuff. Um,
1: That's the mood. It yeah, feels very noir, which is what I'm liking about this. So Definitely,
0: far. yeah, it's got a very very noir feel. Sam figures a hood is a hood, and so he decides to hide his gun in Harlem Grit's casino by, uh, like cutting a hole in a window and sort of hiding it on top of a toilet tank, sort of a Godfather style almost. Uh, he enters the casino and, you know, he gets frisked and like he's clean, so that's cool. Gets hassled by a slot machine droid and soon finds Harlem himself. He's like, yeah, he's like an African-American character, and, uh, you know, it's probably just because of how, um, gibson's drawing but he does kind of look like a grown-up like a lux roth chop from halo jones yeah a little bit right i
1: thought that was going to be like some kind of weird crossover it's not (laughs) that'd be too much that'd be i need halo jones to be on
0: its own almost yes (laughs) um but there is i mean and it's it's more to sort of an artistic sensibility i mean it's like how um in uh robo hunter's story in the annual there's a robot dog that looks a lot like toby um, oh, okay, and I think we've seen ch- uh, uh, ladies in the course of Gibson's drawing that have looked a lot like Halo Jones as well. Oh yeah, um, like I remember there was a there was even a judge that was doing PR for something that looked like a judge a judge uh, Halo Jones. Um, but anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Yeah, so Sam gets his gun and then lays low in the air duct, despite the slot machine continuing to ha- to hassle him.
1: Oh, It'd just be so horrible if slot machines could
0: follow you. Definitely. Luckily, this one gets shooed away, and Sam starts to rain to reindeer ge- games his way through,
1: which oh, is of course
0: Die Hard in a casino. Fox. <laughs> Fuck. Ah. God damn it. Yeah, buddy. He takes out guards and eventually ambushes uh, Grits in the bathtub.
1: Oh. Not a great place to get ambushed, personally. No,
0: yeah, man, you feel like you're safe. Uh, S- uh, Sam Slade braces Grits in the tub with some light bathtub-based torture. Eventually, Grits <laughs> tells the tale: a bunch of, you know, that these rich robots, uh, uh, Hoagie and Stogie, showed up about a week ago, lost a ton of money, and we're like, "Oh, it's fine. We lost this money. We got twenty-seven billion credits, buddy," which, of course, wow. got Grits' attention. He uh tried to run a scam on them, and to basically to let him take care of their money so it'd be safe because it's dangerous uh-huh. out there. And sent that goon we met earlier to make sure that it all worked that like the money was transferred to him and stuff. But Hoagie and Stogie gave him the slip. Apparently worried that they just try to rob him basically. Um, and so we're back where we yeah. started. Griss doesn't know where they are either.
1: Um, so yeah.
0: But he does say that, that they've been bit by the gambling bug. And so you might want to, you might find them in some casino getting cleaned out. And Sam's worried because it is definitely possible to lose a lot of money real fast if you're getting real crazy. If you're, you know, the idiots that make up his, um, his secondary team
1: and they're in a Witch. gambling situation. It's not It's not a great thing to have these, especially Hoagie, have like 27 billion yeah. credits. On 100%.
0: the loose with all your money and it's a lot of money? Oh, bad times. Yeah. Sam's got to act fast. Next time, Hoagie and stogie a go Stupid. That's pretty funny, you guys. Jeez. Oh, uh, man. You know,
1: not bad. Uh, you know, because like, especially where we left off with Robo Hunter last. I remember being lukewarm about the whole thing. Um, yeah. This is feeling pretty good. He's he's running around doing, doing detective-y stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just sort of by by the nature of it being like a hundred prog since the last time we saw Robo Hunter. Mm. That I feel like, you know, when Robo Hunter was running, it like ran for like a really long time. Sort of from That's true. like the sort of from on like the aftermath of the Star-Lord merger sort of to oh when it ended in 82 or something like that. I mean, or maybe not precisely that, but definitely for a while. Um, yeah. And I feel like we did kind of end up getting sick of it at some point. But now it's sort of gone. For, it's been gone for a long time. And so now it's come back and we're definitely like, um, you know, I'm feeling it a lot more than I was in the older, you know, when, when, when we were getting towards the end of it, you know?
1: I think the primary thing for me is that I noticed that something was missing that improved, robo hunter and that mm. thing is hogie <laughs> oh damn i, don't know, I, I mean, don't know maybe maybe i just don't like dumb bots stogie was all right
0: yeah i mean i don't know like i i like i always like stogie or a, or a hogie and stogie both of them i think they oh, sort sure. of provide some lev some like you know moment to moment levity along with the longer mm. sort of um jokes of the of the comic and stuff i think it's more just like you know i really I appreciate there being something in this humor spot. And so, you know, with Ace Ace Trucking gone, it's good to sort of know that there's still something in here for at least a little bit, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Tough. Yeah. Enjoyable.
0: Yeah, and just a fun, like, sort of jump right into the action and stuff like that, which is also really good. Just sort of, you know, know, we're sort of in this cycle of relaunches where we sort of get to a point where everything ends and there's all new stuff, you know? And... Speaking of a version of that, let's go to Thrill 3,
1: Judge Dredd. Oh, man. I, I like Burger Stop. I <laughs> totally. Especially like that it's when you get the circling of, uh, of, of flying cars. It really <laughs> kind of adds to the motif. They really thought about this. Yeah.
0: Uh, Scripted by John Wagner and Alan Grant is T.B. Grover. Art robot Cam Kennedy, uh, Ron Smith, and Carl Suscara. Letting, ro- uh, letting robot Tom Frame. So this one's sort of a reboot Dread story, I guess. Art by Cam Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Um And it's, you know, it's one of these, and because it's sort of a relaunch, this one's very much like a, hey, like, let's just get back um to work with Mega City 1, you
1: know? Yeah, man. Like, teaching you about the different bullets that he can fire. Just exactly, yeah. Perps.
0: I mean, it is one of those things. I think it's kind of interesting because they've they've had stories like this before, but usually they're after um a big like mega epic or something, you know? Yeah. Like we've yeah. spent like you spent six months looking for the Judge Child, or even like on the moon or something. And so Dread coming back to Mega City 1 it's just a chance to let like you know someone who's been reading the who started reading the comics the last 6 months get a sense of what Mega City 1 is and what Dread's powers and abilities are and stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, that's been less the case you know in the last 6 months of Dread, you know, mm-hmm. or like in that time for sort of 1985 or whatever, but I think it is just kind of good every once in a while to sort of recenter things. Like, here's Mega City 1, here's Dread, here's what he can do, you know?
1: Apparently, it's just, like, shoot people a lot and... Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, it's a general, oh. you know, Mega City 1, 420 million people, there's big city blocks, rampant unemployment, total crime, only the judges can save us. We see a bank robbery in process and Dread roll- rolling through, taking out dudes with different bullet types. Uh, he manages to take one purple, one purple escapes and he take and he captures another one who's a stooky glander, so we get a chance to sort of see him come down off yeah, Stuky hell. and sort of rapidly age and stuff and then still get sent to jail without getting more stooky gland you know
1: yeah it's rough man because apparently you just die after a while yeah
0: stuff. well because it's like I guess a stooky gland is like you know you you rarely take it when you're like in your 40s and you just want to look like you're 20 like it's more mm. like like you're like a hundred and you take it to look like you're you know you take it instead when, when you're like in your hundreds And so eventually it just stops working and suddenly you're like, you know, 150 years old and that's just sort of all she
1: wrote, you know? It's rough. Time to spend the rest of your life in an iso.
0: I think it's really interesting if just because at this point in Dread history, if you're a Stooky Glander, it means that you were born and sort of grew up like now, you know? (laughs) like oh wow in like the early you know because it's like it's like 2106 or something so like if you're a 100 years old obviously you were born in 2006 so you know it's just kind of a funny thing you know
1: Welcome to the world, man. Yeah.
0: Like, there was that, um, Rad Beast story where that guy had lived a long time and he was sort of like born like in the 90s and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, like this guy's like my age. That's weird. Holy shit. <laughs> or not my age because I, I was, or like, like, even like I'm older than him, but not by much, you know? Um, mm. anyhow, still, this was a fun story and just a good, like, you know, no one escapes the law in Mega City 1. Here's our setting. Here's our character, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then speaking of uh of uh bringing that stuff back. Oh man, it's Auto Sump.
1: Oh man, here he is, being a guy on TV selling you some stuff. Make you smart. Maybe, I don't know, probably, yeah. but you'd be stupid to buy it. <laughs> Ron
0: Smith's back on Art Naturally and we and like with Guns, yeah, this one's with an advert for a new sump product, Smart Sweets, and you got to be dumb to buy Smart Sweets.
1: <laughs> it's just
0: it's real good. Advertising. Yeah. Uh Dred's worried about false advertising, and the judges have been testing them on a bunch of idiots to see if they work. In a real funny thing, where just this judge is like, "Yeah, listen, like I rounded up like three dozen stupid, <laughs> stupid people, and there's in this room here being stupid. We've been stuffing them full of smart sweets for like three weeks. None of them are getting smarter, Dred. I don't know what to tell you." <laughs>
1: He just I love it.
0: He just points to this window where there's a whole bunch of like uh, you know, really Ron Smith having fun drawing these idiots. <laughs>
1: like, My favorite is the guy standing up really tall with a bag over his definitely, head.
0: Definitely. That's a good guy. Uh, but so <laughs> anyhow, but so like, you know, and they The, this judge makes a point that these, that Sump doesn't say that these smart suites make you smart. He specifically says you have to be dumb to use them. You know, if people think they make you smart, that's just like, um, an implication. It's not the actual thing. Sure. Anyhow, but still, Dredd, you know, I mean, Dredd's hobby is sort of hassling Otto Sump. So he goes God. over to talk to him. And, like, there's one part that I don't really like where, like, Dredd shows up and it's like, what's your latest con scheme, Sump? Because that
1: hasn't been think, his angle, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say is that, you know, the previous times we've seen Sump show up, I mean, besides the one, the, the time when he won all that prize money for being a real sad sack, right? His first appearance. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been trying to make honest business ventures and it's just that society has not accepted them, right? Like the yeah, the, wow. the, the ugly plastic surgery, everybody got, got angry about that. Um, the, uh, the gunge stuff was like mm. actual, like real nourishing food that could be that was easily made in the post-apocalypse war famine period of uh of Mega City One, but the fact that it was made out of gross stuff like turned people off and like that 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 that's it, you know? It wasn't like he was selling fake food or like, I don't know, like his his ugliness products were shoddy or something. It's just that no. like, you know, people just did people reacted poorly to
1: it, basically. <laughs> Well, like the the ugly stuff, like everyone was into it. Judge Dredd puts a fucking stop to it. Yep. The gun stuff, everybody's eating it, having a good time. No one really gives a shit. And like they need the food, so Judge Department. Well, no, just it was the steals it. Right? Yeah.
0: It, well, no, it was it was moral scolds that got really angry about it. They, oh, like, that's right. They thought it was indecent to like eat like you know a spider pie Garbage. or something like that. Yeah. Um And so and so eventually it was like. Mega city, and so eventually it was the, the Justice Department sort of bought Sump out and just sort of, you know, processed the food down so it wasn't so visibly gross. Yeah, exactly. And so sold like, it that uh, way.
1: Uh, uh, this is the thing, right? Like, and it follows to the end of the story. Like, he also acts like he's done con jobs.
0: Yeah. No, both. Th- this feels like sort of a forgetting of the previous sections of of, of how Sump was, you know? And I think that's yeah. a bummer for sure.
1: It really is.
0: Um, But anyhow...
1: <laughs> Jesus. Back to these dumb people trying to rob Sump. Oh
0: yeah. Um meanwhile, a bunch of stoops are taking smart pills and decide to rob Sump's office. After one of them is killed crossing the street, they just they just they <laughs> press on. So Dred's like interrogating Sump as these dummies try to stick up the place. And it's one of these real things where like, you know, <laughs> Uh, the money's in like credits like electronic you know <laughs>
1: like,
0: yeah and the robots are like we don't keep money we don't get okay. cash you know it's not like, like if you held up like like Hasbro you wouldn't be able to get all the money all the dollar bills the kids pay for G.I. Joes you know Like that, you wouldn't even
1: be able to get toys for the most yeah. part yeah
0: You know, they just don't do that stuff. That's not how they do it anymore. (laughs) Um, It really reminds me of, um, there's these novels, uh, the Parker novels by uh, Robert Blake, or not, not, no, sorry, uh, Stark, whatever, by yeah. this guy and he's, this, this dude started as like a stick-up man and in the 60s like that's when the books were written and the writer wrote them a bu- like for many, many years and eventually got into like the 80s and 90s and it's like, well, you know, they used to like rob like payrolls and stuff and now all that stuff, they just cut checks. Like where are we going to yeah. find cash that we can steal? You know, it becomes
1: a problem. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> Richard Stark, Donald Westlake, that's the guy, that's the author I'm talking about. Anyhow.
1: All
0: right, cool. Um, yeah, so that's going bad. The stoops start shooting off, shooting up the place, and that draws dread attention. He intervenes. He takes down the, the perps and accuses Sump of incitement, basically. You know, he's, like, making this stuff, and so he makes him shut down oh. Smart Suites right away. Yeah, um,
1: all right. Yeah, it's I kind mean, of a, on to the next venture, really.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a bummer story. I'd say it's even more of a bummer because, according to Barney, this is the final appearance by Otto Sump and the Progs. What?! Um, yeah, he'll be he'll be in the magazine for like two stories in 2002, but otherwise that's it. And I think that's a real bummer just because I love Sump as this example of the ridiculousness of the civilians in Mega City 1 and just this idea of this entrepreneur trying these yeah. terrifying things is um is is a sad character to lose. I really like him, and so it's a bummer to well, see him go. Well, it's cuz he
1: started from nothing and then ended up being like An entrepreneur, right? Like, it's kind of a neat thing where you hear all these people bitch in Mega City One about, like, oh, life sucks and you can't make it. And then he just kind of makes it.
0: Yeah, he's he's like the only rags to riches story possible in Mega City One, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, next up, Cam Kennedy is back as Dread responds to reports of missing citizens only to find oh their corpses God. being cared for by a domestic droid. He's basically critening uh, uh, them from uh, Series 2 of Red Dwarf, which is a really great, you know. Oh, wow. What, what, like, the best uh, sci-fi comedy show, if you ask me. Um, the <laughs> droid doesn't seem to understand what went wrong, and he wasn't programmed to recognize that humans need to be alive to be well cared for. Oh, um yeah. The text check him and find this defect in his microchips, and apparently it's going to be affecting the whole line of robots. So let's run down some robots. Yeah, judges spring into action with mixed results. Uh, some bots have already killed their owners, and some are like about to. Dread manages to save a guy from being shot by his own gun, and then arrest him because yes. that gun isn't registered. In classic but, Judge yes. Dread uh, fashion. <laughs> like fucking- This was. This one feels like one. Almost like they had this punchline of dread arresting somebody for being shot with their own gun. Um and, and, and then they work backwards the from there. Man. Yeah, real good. Um in all, seven are dead and the owner of the company gets ten years. And I gotta say that uh, seven really isn't that bad in terms of number of deaths possible from a deadly robot situation, you know? We've seen I mean, more than that.
1: Seen, yeah, when robots are involved in Mega City one, it generally giant construction bot kills people by yeah, the
0: thousands. I, th- I think that, like, killer hotel killed, like, 20 people way back oh when, you god. know? <laughs> oh, my god. Oh, there's just so much as we reach back into these, like, ways
1: that people have died in Mega City 1, you know? Remember at that time that those 4 wrecking robots just walked around with... They're demolition robots, and they just have different weapons, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, one had a ball and chain. Re-
0: remember... Th- that time that, that guy commandeered a whole bunch of robots to prove that his, like, uh, construction glue was really, po- was really powerful and built this giant edifice to the stars. But then the glue stopped working and collapsed and just killed everybody in, like, a two-mile radius. Oh,
1: my God. Remember <laughs> that time that that one robot uh, called Call Me Kenneth gained super sentience and also really liked Adolf Hitler and then Always. killed a bunch of people?
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Call Me Kenneth actually just showed up, and they when we did the opening chapters of the robot. Robot War in this year's Judge Dredd Annual, uh, the eighty-five oh, annual awesome. or, or the eighty-six annual, I should say. Check that out. It was like last episode. Now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, oh, so many robots, so many. Ascara is back on art for the start of this two-parter, Ooh. "The Man Who Knew Too Much." The titular man, Fisher Wildman, is a freelance writer with an asymmetrical haircut and some information cool. that will bring down the Justice Department. Oh.
1: All right, fish.
0: Yeah, Fisher lived lived near this uh, RyoChem building, which constantly has unmarked tankers coming in and out of it. Two nights ago, one of those tankers crashed. It filled the streets with gas. But when people breathed the gas, they immediately became subdued and relaxed, and then they died.
1: Oh my God! Not great.
0: Yeah, Fisher goes to investigate and confirms all this stuff. The gas again. Yeah, you feel good. You're happy. You don't want to. Like, you just kind of want to hang out. And then you die. He uh, investigates further. He finds um, the area is cordoned off by judges until so Weather Control can create a cyclone to lift all the gas away. Uh, hundreds, maybe thousands, have died. And <sighs> Judge Kinsky just says it was a fertilizer leak. Get out of here when wildman says he doesn't believe him and he's a reporter Dred shows up and puts a j notice on the whole thing write about it Ooh. without permission and you go to jail oh snap yeah and i believe the j notice is a version of this thing in england called the d notice which like they used to use especially like i don't know like i think the most famously is during like world war ii or something when someone found like something about like the def- you know the defense department or some sort of military secret They're like all right there's a d notice on there you can't talk about it because it endangered the war effort basically Damn. Um, back in the news- at the newspaper office where he's been pitching this story, Fisher explains that he knows the truth behind these deaths, what the gas is used for, and why the judges have to keep it secret. Ooh. Yeah. Next time, something rotten in Rio. <laughs> All
1: right. I know, Ben. Good little rump. Good outing. Shot yeah. some people definitely yeah. a robot man
0: totally and some just some fun cliffhanger stuff about the uh, dark side of the judges which is tough because like the side they show to people is already pretty dark <laughs>
1: yeah man <laughs> just like i i mean i i'm i'm guessing that it's just some kind of crowd subduing gas that they're working on but you know
0: yeah fair enough um you know just different stuff to help dread dispense justice and speaking of which it's non-thrills covers and nerve centers prog 435 dread dispenses justice in a very busy robin smith cover <laughs> there's dread robo hunter nemesis and walkie talkie freebies and it's the relaunch of this prog so there's no letters instead Tharg reintroduces the comic and explains some Beetlejuice in terms plus there's some story recaps which are actually pretty similar to what will appear in the prog every every issue in modern times uh, the prog ends with a preview pinup for mean team Oh, yeah. Yeah. Prog 436, get the Slade treatment. Sam Slade, <sighs> killing robots all over this shop in this Ian Gibson cover. Hell in, yeah. Yeah. And the nerve center Count Thargula welcomes us aboard and mentions the a uh, uh, Dread pinup. And there's a reader picture of the Ian Gibson droid, which I think is pretty meta. Um, there's... <laughs> wow. Also a request for collections of artists who have draw- drawn Dread, a Dread poem, and questions about whether Ian Kennedy is related to Cam Kennedy, which I, I kind of wanted to know the answer to as well. Uh, it, ter- it turns out that no, they are not related, except in the way that all 2000 AD art droids are united by thrill power. <laughs> this...
1: And apparently being slave labor.
0: Yeah, well, of course. I mean, I mean well, you know, I mean... That has a lot that like sort of presupposes a lot of uh, facts about robots, you know, yeah. <laughs> like relative sentience, you know, I mean, it, it I think these days it's pretty extreme to say like, you know, my a lawnmower is slave labor. It's, you know, it's a, it's a complicated <laughs> thing. Um This prog has the first in a series of pinups called the History of Justice, which Mm. are basically pictures of classic Dread moments drawn by Brian Bolland. The first one is from the Cursed Earth when Dread fought those mutants, with later had this leader of this big rat hat. Um, Yes. I'm pretty sure that all of these were covers for issues of the best of 2000 AD comics that Bolland did a lot of custom covers for. And they're just being reprinted here because they kind of need to use the space and they think they're pretty nifty. And I oh, agree. Man. It's great seeing balling back in the Prague, you know?
1: Yeah, it's good stuff.
0: Yeah, it's just good classic art styles and stuff. Uh, Prague 437, five men plus one droid plus one alien plus one panther equal mean team. <laughs> Fucking pander. <laughs> uh, Ballardinelli draws this cover for this new thrill in the nerve center. There's fan art of Anderson long division, which is pretty <laughs> I funny. I love this because it's side division, but like in her brain, she's just thinking of like uh, dividing numbers and stuff. There's oh, that's horrible. Also, a picture of Tharg in a view to a thrill with Grace Jones, like the other uh, the view to a kill, uh, Bond movie, mm. which takes place in our old stomping grounds of Silicon Valley, of course. Um, Tharg introduces Mean Team. He's pretty he's pretty excited about it. And there are letters about shirts being destroyed by meat pies, the revelation of the judge's face hidden in the J of the Judge Dread logo. It's been there since yeah. Prague 2. Always be aware. Um and some kids making 2000 AD stuff and that earning them a Squax Del Thargo. And I'm just saying, Fox and me, we've made a lot of 2000 AD stuff. Hook us up. Um, yeah, man. I <laughs> want a Squax. Oh my God. Listen, if we finish this, I feel like we got to be ultra deck Thargo's or something, some sort of super <laughs> Squax. Give me a break. Um, super Squax. Yeah. Um, anyhow, at the end of this issue, there's more history of justice as Satanus or some allied T-Rex, I guess, goes to eat dread as he's tied to a rock. And it looks real cool. It's awesome. Definitely. And it's fun because, you know, Bolland drew, um, he drew for the cursed earth and stuff, but he didn't do this part. This was all McMahon. I, I think the last part too, actually. Um, Prog 439, Nem at work. He comes from a planet <laughs> down under... <laughs> Oh my god, no. Uh, Saw so He was uh, six foot tall and made of Brussels sprouts. I said, do you speak of my language? No. He smiled and <laughs> hand me a Thargomite sandwich. Um, oh my god. Yeah. Anyhow, Nemesis. He's b- blasting Terminators all over this Brian Talbot cover. In the nerve center, Tharg the spitting image, those uh terrifying dolls that I must know from that Phil Collins video. Uh, it's real weird. In the nerve center... Oh, sorry, I said already. Um, Yeah, there's also names the winners of the Valiant Robo-Turtle contest from a couple of weeks back.
1: There's Hooray, a... Robo-Turtle.
0: Yeah. There's a picture of Judge Marilyn Monroe and letters with uh, Strontium Dog and creator droid jokes. A comic book shop in Plymouth. And reports that uh the editor of 2000AD is not Tharg, but in fact some bloke named Steve McManus. No! What? <laughs> my reality is shattered i don't know what to believe anymore the prog ends with stogie and with with, with a pinup of hoagie and stogie being real bad at gambling to the delight of a bunch of space babes in revealing evening gowns which i'm in favor of space babes always ian gibson draws good space babe i think we all know this to be true but speaking of uh instead of cool space babes of more Uh. annoying aliens fox Oh, boy. It's Thrill 4, Thurg the Mighty. Uh, Art robot, Carlos Ascara, letting robot, Gordon Robson. Okay. So, this is the first of three Thurg comics we're going to get here at the end of 1986. Uh, Bert, the Richard Burton droid, has returned to the Nerve Center now that his computer magazine, Big K, has folded, which happened in real life as well. Um, And... You know, he's looking to do some, uh, he's looking to get his job back, but he can't because the new sub-editor, Sim1, the Simon Geller bot, is doing a real good job at at work and like he's like pumping iron as he goes and stuff. They really put geller over strong in this issue they really make him look super and oh. really good at his job and stuff It's very true um you know to me this kind of rubbed me the wrong way if just because i know bert had done basically the same job and was this office whipping boy and stuff and i don't like yeah. sort of when you have editor i like people to use their editorial power to be self-deprecating instead of like big upping and stuff <laughs> like that i guess yeah exactly but like um I direct everybody to, um, the Heroes of 2000 AD blog by by, uh, Alex Firth, who's going to be on the show eventually, um, who did a big, a big feature or, you know, he sort of writes these uh, blog posts that are, um, rundowns of creators and their work on 2000 AD and stuff. And I thought his coverage of Simon Geller was really interesting if just because it could have talked about what a sub editor does in, on hmm. 2000 AD and besides sort of the raw editing a lot of it is like writing like the stuff on the cover and in like the comeback next week stuff which I think is often actually very funny and like you know has some really co- like some funny jokes in it and stuff like that and so I don't want to oh, sure. underplay what he does is what I'm trying to say um it is weird just because yeah again it puts him over real strong and he isn't really there for that long so it's just kind of funny because Bert you hmm. know Bert's gonna be Tharg or like be the man editor of 2000 AD in a couple years, you know, so it's a, it's interesting, I guess. Huh. Although I don't really have a, I don't have a final point. I just think it's kind of interesting. <laughs> so wow. anyhow, um, Tharg is willing to put them both to the test to see who will be the squidge deck Thargo, the assistant of Tharg. They, hey. um, have them, uh, do test scripts for publication write the cover copy for the very issue we're reading this in, and browbeat the Carlos Ascara droid to get some work done. Uh, oh, Sim Sim 1 does yeah, Sim One does the jobs way better, um, and I'm not really a huge fan of the way that he beats up the Ascara bot, but I guess that's just the style of the time. Um, <laughs> yes. Bert definitely can't beat a sub-editor, but there is one job he can do, and so Tharg shrinks him down and uses him as a paperweight. Okay, then. Womp womp. Uh, second story, that, so that one was called Exit the Wally Fox, and this one's called Enter the Beast. Okay. Thark heads off to a comic convention telling the droids to welcome the new script bot arriving later that day. The other script droids object, and Sim 1 whips them into place. And, like, I don't know who a bunch of these art droids are. Uh, one, mm-hmm. ha- one has a mohawk, and I'm pretty sure that one is the TB Grover bot. Um, hmm. if just because he's hanging out a lot with this one robot with the glasses that I'm positive is the Alan Grant bot, you know, okay. so I'm sort of putting it together, I guess. I think another one's Jerry Findlay Day, but I'm not sure. Um, anyhow, a crate arrives. And they open, and inside is a lovely young fellow with a bouquet of flowers for his new employers. Hey, why not? <laughs> the Alan Grantbot is clearly skeptical, so Sim One decides to put him, put him to work, makes him lift some weights, climb a rope, do some jump rope, and man, it's no good. He's just like a wimp. He'll never fitted in 2000 A.D. This, like, gay coded robot. I don't like it very much. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's real weird. Um, you know, uh, Tharg arrives and Sim 1 says that this new guy won't fit in. When Tharg realizes the problem, they got the wrong droid. This is Nigel, and he's supposed to be a sub editor at Jack and Jill Weekly. Oh my God. What? Uh, uh, Jack and Jill is a children's comic that ran from, like, 1964 to 85, over 1,600 issues, and a sort of four. Kids that are too young to start getting in to the gendered comics, I guess. Sure. So, like, you'd be like maybe like four to six or something, like just young enough to read. So, you'd read Jack and Jill, and then you'd maybe, and if you're a boy, then you'd like move on to like Eagle, and then you'd eventually get into 2000 AD once you kind of grew up a little bit, you know? Um. Okay. And similar things for com- for girls comics, but I, I I don't really I I don't know what the different versions of those are, so you know I, that's yeah, sort of my my failing, you know. Um, Sorry, ladies. Yeah, you know all you lovely forty years ago comic book reading ladies, the best kind. Oh um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, at Jack and so the the Tharg and the Droids run down to Jack and Jill, where the new 2080 writer, the Beast, is tossing around the writing staff, including the several humans that seem to work at Jack and Jill. The what? droids tackle him and take him back to the 2080 offices, where he rushes in to write a new story, Mean Team, which starts right now. Speaking of which, Thrill Five, Mean Team. Uh, yeah, time for some future sports. Let me just say that, like, this whole story is real bullshit because, um, <laughs> Mean Team Script Robot <laughs> is the beast, but the beast is just like John Wagner now and Alan Grant again. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So presumably the Beast is in the stable next to like T.D. Grover and F. Martin Candor as uh, their sort of uh, soulmate John Howard is out there working reception. You know, like just a whole uh, just it's just another pseudonym for this team that that writes so much of 2000 AD. So it's weird to spend so much time like introducing them and stuff. I guess I guess it serves as a lead in maybe to Mean Team, but that seems
1: like a lot for a little, I guess. Yeah, big time. Especially because uh, I just don't want those Thard comics, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Do not want them.
0: So, art. like I said, script robots, uh, Wagner and Grant as the Beast. Art robots, Massimo Bellardinelli letting robot Tom Frame. Aw, snap. Yeah. So, mean
1: team, buddy. (laughs) Flamethrowers, shotguns, uh, uh, morning stars. Well, yeah. Whatever, or ball and, ball
0: and chains. chains. I I spent like a I spent like a second soul searching about what I wanted to call that weapon as well, just because I've, I've heard it called a flail or a morning <laughs> sl- <laughs> oh, a, yeah, a, a flail. lot of stuff. Um, but yeah. So, uh, mean team's a motley crew of uh, future sportsmen. The opening splash very boldly says that they'll become outlaws and battle the satanic forces of the to that rule the long abandoned desolation of planet Earth. We'll see if so that all awesome. happens. <laughs> yeah. What, really? That's not... <laughs> you know, Mean <laughs> Team has four main guys. I'm going to say, Fox, has more people, but the main ones we want to know are Bad Jack Keller, the, the team captain, cool. who's bald with a face scar. There's um, there's Henry Moon, who's a psychic. There's a Muk, a, uh, a giant ape alien. And Steel cool. Grip, a cool semi-samurai robot guy.
1: He's like my favorite dude. He has a shotgun for fingers real
0: good right uh right now they're in a semi-final of the death bowl championship against these zombie-like assassins the crowd loves them and we also meet the team owner richmond vaughn who get it yeah exactly He reminds me a lot of Shar from um yes from meltdown man if just because he's got a uh, a big cat enforcer, because he's got a pet, like, panther that he carries around <sighs> in a leash at all times, you know? Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. I love Tiger Commander. R.I.P. Tiger Commander, dude. So sad. Dude, Tiger Commander, you live in my dreams. Please be my secret animal. Tiger <laughs> Commander, notice me.
0: I like, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched Steven Universe, but, uh, Steven has a, uh, of wrestling alter ego ego called Tiger Millionaire. And I like to imagine Tiger Millionaire is Tiger oh Commander's son that grew rich off war profiteering or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. Um, now, Tiger Millionaire is a good guy. Um, but whatever. Whatever. Um, <laughs> We also learn the uh the rules of Death Bowl, which is that uh, it's 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 capture the flag. You get ten points for the flag, one point for maiming an opponent, one point for capturing a, an opponent, five points for killing them. So it's one of those Quidditch things where you can kind of win if you just follow the rules of the game. There's also special extra rules that you're going to actually use to win. The, you
1: know, I mean, it just seems like kills the way to go.
0: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you kill three dudes and you're and you. You don't even have to capture the flag anymore. That's
1: what I'm talking about.
0: So, Richmond Vaughn is a real jerk to Bad Jack. He literally says, I own you at one point, which is, you know, literally true because I guess it's a team of slaves, but it's still a jerk yeah, thing to say. Assumption. Yeah. So, we get to some Death Bowl action like Death Grip take or Steel Grip takes the flag and goes to hide. Whereas the rest of the team just goes and starts killing everybody, basically. Um, we learned I mean, that
1: they <laughs> jump down from a thing and yeah. literally just start brutally murdering all
0: of them. It's good, man. Black, uh, bad Jack. I'm, I'm having a lot of trouble I'm not calling him black Jack because of a uh, space Spinner reaction, mm. but, uh, <laughs> but bad Jack has 4910 kill points, very close to 5,000. You know, the ultimate record. He already got the record. That's gonna, a nice round number record. There's <laughs> some go for gold. Yeah, there's some real good combat here by Belladonelli. Like we said, Blackjack uses or Bad Jack uses this ball and chain, and it's real dope when he like smashes dudes' heads in with it and stuff.
1: It's got a whole, like, Castlevania feel to it. He's like, A-wip-a-cha! absolutely. We also so see. So they kill, like, five guys. Yep. And they're down to two guys now. Two guys
0: left. We see Henry Moon search for opponents with his mental abilities and learn that he joined the team, not as a slave, but as a free man to pay his crippling alimony debts. Oh um, my God. Which is really such horrible. a, such a 1985, like, yeah, this guy's got a secret pass. He's got alimony. And to set up a trust fund for each of his kids. Mm. The mean team finds the enemy flag and Jack kills the final team members even though they've surrendered. The crowd chants bad Jack's name and Henry Moon goes to grab the flag, but there's a bomb on it! Oh man, my body just exploded. <laughs> yeah blows up in a booby trap yeah it's really uh like when i was when i used to play like those battlefield games and you could definitely have remote detonating c4 on the on your flagpole and just sort of set it and then when it said like the enemy has captured your flag like press the button and and blow them up um i mean hey i did that shit in Goldeneye 007 absolutely so yeah so moon's body is broken but his brain is still okay bad jack re Demands they do a transplant to save his psychic abilities. Uh, first, they try to use a reserve team member named Bronski. Just put the brain in that guy. <laughs> so awesome! <laughs> and the doctor refuses to do it because of anti-vivisection reasons. And that's <laughs> also right. why they can't put it in Steel Grip, the robot guy. And uh, whatever. And steel, but Steel Grip has an idea, and it's not even just to toss it in a in a. A muck the beaster who's an alien and doesn't have those rights but instead
1: let's just jam that dude's brain into the <laughs> panther body man I'm into that i mean i mean not for the i mean poor panther whatever but like also like that's kind of cool yeah, listen,
0: this is an awesome idea. I don't want anybody <laughs> to think that it's not awesome. It's, it, it's <laughs> going to become a psychic panther. It's, just, it's also kind of silly and also one of those things where it's like, I'm not sure if a man brain will actually fit into a cat's skull. Like, it seems I mean, like
1: you have Clearly, to, it's fine.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I'm just saying that, you know, if you're planning to do this in real life, I'd budget some time to do some landscaping <laughs> on the Panther skull just oh. to, like, give it some extra space in there. Um, yeah, you
1: know.
0: Or, Rich- or give it one
1: of those cool glass domes so you can Ooh, see the brain. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. That's like one of those clear... Right. Like those clear phones from the 80s, but it's a brain. Yeah. Uh, Richmond Vaughn... A, yeah he, Yeah. Vaughn's resistant to this idea because he's like, he spent a lot of money on this panther, but eventually gives in. (laughs) i Um, mean at
1: the end of the day he gets a psychic man panther yeah if you will yeah but
0: like it's probably got to be weird to like just watch tv while you're petting like a
1: sentient dude in your panther you know (laughs) i mean it's probably gonna freak out a little less one would hope
0: oh maybe i just feel like your relationship with podcat would be
1: different if there was a human brain in there that's all i'm trying to say i'm saying that podcat I'd sign Podcat up for a human psychic brain. I'd rather give her psychic powers though, honestly.
0: Ah, uh, you've said too much. Now I know what your Christmas present is. Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> man.
0: So a couple of so the the brain surgery goes well. The Panthers fitted with a voice synthesizer necklace to allow him to
1: talk, or collar, I guess. Um <laughs> oh god in a whole up scenario yeah a couple days oh that's right yeah (laughs) squirrel a couple (laughs) days in the
0: a couple days in the neuron regenerator and he should be good to go the creature wakes up the doctor like goes full um original batman movie and shows him
1: his new reflection in a mirror don't do that it's it's like every sci-fi thing it's like it's really disorienting to have the that they actually a fucking yeah. battle. Man no, now.
0: you gotta let somebody think about it for a little bit before you just show them the mirror. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, this man braid panther doesn't take it very well. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, he straight up kills the doctor. Yeah, get down there and subdue that cat, Bad
1: Jack. <laughs> and, I mean, God, I guess.
0: And next time, it's one of my favorite lines ever. Oh, it's really horrible. Variations of it in any science fiction thing, which is basically, Let me die, Bad Jack. Let me
1: die. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that's next time for you. Hey, welcome to Kids comic yeah listen it's always the right time for for, for,
0: for, for kid comics totally i will say that that this is echoed in that requiem story i was talking about earlier where uh, the vampire where mirrors are outlawed in this future world because they show you what you look like before you were a creepy vampire monster they're like no get that out of here um anyhow but yeah speaking of just let me die fox Oh, (laughs) (laughs) please thrill six future
1: shocks Oh God! Fuck! I hate it. I hate. Oh, it's just there was so. I wouldn't even hate this so much if there wasn't also the other. Thing. I mean,
0: yeah, it's tough when there's a future shock and a Tharg the Mighty in one comic for sure. Um, oh, shoot me! Yeah, I,
1: about, I let me die.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this one is one of those, you know. We're in that in one of these periods where there's just a future shock every month or every or week, wow. you know. we just burn off a bunch of these Peter Milligan ones. It it it, it seems like I think earlier in the year we had a period period where we were burning off a bunch of Alan Hebden ones, and this feels like it's Milligan's time. So uh. first up, the long sleep. A uh, about Peter Milligan, art about Jeff Anderson, lettering about Steve Potter. I think this one's a, I mean, honestly, I think these are, th- th- there are some pretty good ones in here. Um, it's fine. The, uh, this one's just a one pager. A spaceship yes. is using hibernation to bridge the massive space between stars. A guy gets everyone else into their sleep capsule. And it's only once they've all gone into deep sleep that he realizes that the hibernation systems can only be activated from the outside. He's trapped all alone on the spaceship for the whole long sleep. Great. <laughs> I thought that was I like I don't know like you know No it's it,
1: okay so I've just seen very recently uh a movie um that I think people should watch. So it's this movie called Passengers. And I'm not a huge uh Jennifer Lawrence guy, but it uh does uh star Star-Lord. <laughs> if you're into that uh Chris Pratt where uh he Wait, definitely Chris, gets
0: Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence?
1: Yeah, in the same film.
0: Okay, I just want to make sure because you said I'm not a big Jennifer Lawrence fan, but but Chris Pratt's in this, and I was like, okay, yes. I don't know how this is connected. <laughs> okay, and- oh, go yeah, ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. In this. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> uh,
1: it's called Passengers from 2016. I think it's it's pretty fantastic. I like how it all shaped up, but it definitely has to do with I can't go back to sleep uh, in this pod that makes you sleep and the problems that come with not being able to go back to sleep. Oh in your pod. yeah, I remember that one for sure. It's pretty good. Uh, That's why I liked this one. I think I really feel bad for him, but more than any Conrad page. Wait, say that again, Fox. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just, you know, I thought this was pretty clever. I feel bad for this guy. It was funny, like at the end, but the best thing about it is that it's only one page.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I just want to say one thing, which is uh, that's why you got to have a robust UX testing process. (laughs) I love you, Conrad. Oh, oh man <laughs> okay next up it's project salvation script robot peter milligan again art robot john higgins um lettering robot steve potter script sorry script robot pe- script art lettering you know how it goes um yeah i i like this one a lot actually um a comet is headed straight to earth and the president says we, uh, we'll all be safe but super rich guy thal rocker baby is skeptical Um, especially when he gets word from his various spies that there's a plan, there's a rocket based plan, uh, called Project Salvation going on. He assumes it's a plot for the great and the good to get off the planet to safety. And I gotta say, why wouldn't a billionaire be in on this plan? Could this be some kind of utopia where the very rich aren't also part of the, deeply involved with the government? Oh man. Anyhow. Thal uh, solid snakes his way aboard the rocket, which is, of course, when you're dieharding on a rocket base. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) He's, like, beaten up and bribing guards and stuff as he goes. He gets aboard the ship just as it takes off. But as he looks around, he sees it's just computers and radiation signs and stuff. The The ship's completely unmanned. And the ship's computer yells at him, basically saying that Project Salvation is a huge bomb set to
1: destroy the comet that's menacing Earth. And now you're stuck aboard and then he explodes It really seems like Why would you spend the money making a Computer sentient
0: I mean yeah it could be But I mean that could just be It's the future right so that could just So that sort of personality thing Yeah it could just sort of be this Like like you know Siri Like like generation 15 <laughs> Siri You know All right, Where it becomes just, just, just kind of a smart ass Vocal interface you know Yeah that's but, pretty good Yeah, I don't know. I thought this one was funny. I really liked the twist for it and stuff. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, Because, you know, it it makes sense. And the, like, you know, we're just going to save people plot lines um, don't make as much sense as let's just blow the hell out of this thing, you know? Oh, sure. (laughs) Oh, man. So next up, it's War of the War with the Slob. Um, yeah. uh, script Peter Milligan, art about Barry Kitson, lettering about Gordon Robson. This is the first time in the Prague for uh, artist Barry Kitson. He's gonna do. Some Judge Anderson in a bit, and then a lot of dread in like the five and six hundreds. And this cool. one is I think this one, you know, honestly, I thought a bunch of these were sort of decent. Um, this one's a four-pager. Humanity's fighting these big fat aliens called the slobs. It isn't going well. So humanity decides to get some more sort of human intelligence. To that end, they do a pro they do a pro they make a process to turn a human being into a slob so we can infiltrate their command and send info back. Um, the process isn't reversible so they choose Captain Hyde who no one in high command really likes to (laughs) undergo it Um, soon afterwards is another battle it's totally disastrous for human forces and humanity's forced to surrender at the treaty signing high command sees Hyde and they like yell at him like oh like you betrayed us and he just smiles and he's like hey man thanks for turning me back into a slob when my people the slobs gave me this assignment there was a worry that they wouldn't be able to change me back from being a human. Whoa! Oh, man. He was a slob all along. But I like that because, you know, part of why they volunteered him for the mission was because he didn't have like connections and stuff. And they didn't like him. Yeah, and they didn't like him. And that sort of is like that's almost a hint if you look back on it. It's like, oh, yeah, like no one's heard of him. And they don't like him because he's actually a slob in disguise and sort of like, you know, having trouble making friends in a human environment and stuff. Oh, sure. so oh, sure. I thought that was decent, and I kind of like this idea of, uh, you know, points and counterpoints and stuff. It's a good, sp- like, this could be a decent spy, sp- like, like extended story almost <laughs> of, like, the points and counterpoints, the battles, and this final thing, you know? I, I liked it. Um, the final one is the Revenge of Yallop Cringe. Uh. script robot Peter Milligan, art robot Jeff Sr., letting her about Gordon Robson. So this mutant hunter is talking to a psychiatrist about his time on the planet Filth. We were supposed to shut down the mutant making business there. And he was, and he was invasioning his way through, just blasting all the mutant makers.
1: I love mother. I love mother.
0: Yeah, well, it's because all these mutants are real, are real creepy, and just kind of have like body parts grafted onto them. And yeah, one of them is a mouth that just says "I love mother" constantly, which I guess yeah. is the is the grafted mouth version of a tattoo that says "mom" on it, right? Oh, so, yeah, you gotta think about it. Um, so, yeah, not, not super great, but whatever. Um, it, it 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 gives me bad memories of uh, the Jigsaw Man from Judge Dredd. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: fucking disgusting
0: yeah so th- it was going okay until he goes after Yallop Cringe who's a top mutant maker he's got get some insight info from this guy who got 20 left arms grafted onto him and uh was in business but it turns out that he accidentally kills Cringe's twin brother by mistake and suddenly his doors burst down and the ye- real Yallop Cringe is there to- for revenge because he got squealed on by the guy because um, the guy with 20 left arms made a deal to get 20 right arms also grafted it onto him so he'd be balanced. Um. All right. <laughs> Anyhow, apparently this mutant hunter guy has enough sway that the, he can't just be killed. So instead, Cringe gets his revenge in a different way. Which is basically grafting a giant psychiatrist uh, psychologist head onto his shoulder. That now this guy's forced to talk to for the rest of
1: his life. Oh, it's <sighs> gross. It's really disgusting. It's just his entire shoulder and bicep.
0: Just yeah, and the guy's head's so big and sort of like he's like, oh yes, have you heard my my theory about uh, transferred guilt? It's like yeah, I heard it all. I've I've heard it
1: all before, Doc. Cause yeah, pretty much.
0: Apparently, this like uh, this shoulder psychologist is just dropping his same lame, um, <laughs> like mental theories to him
1: constantly yeah. over and over again. Sounds yeah. like a fucking nightmare.
0: Yeah. Anyhow, you know, don't tr- don't trust guys with twenty arms. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> well, it's good life advice. It really is, you know. It just really reminded me of that Simpson, of uh, Dr. Nick in uh, The Simpsons, where there's that one guy, like, oh, if it isn't my old friend, Mr. McCraig, with a leg for an arm and an arm for a leg.
1: <laughs> I, I was always partial to uh, Professor Fink, Professor Fink, because he makes you laugh, makes, makes you think. think.
0: Yeah, with the something and the monkeys and, oh, man, that monkey's <laughs> going to pay. Um, anyhow, Fox. Oh, my God. Just like that, uh, just like Professor Frink ended that one episode of The Simpsons, we ourselves are at the end of this episode of Space Spinner 2000. Oh. oh, my
1: God. Covering
0: September and October 1985, Progs 435 to 438. Only one thing remains in my particular bag of tricks for this episode, Fox, which oh yeah. is what were your top and bottom thrills?
1: Oh, bottom is so easy for me. I just want to read my comments buckstar get the f out of here (laughs) uh, i sadly i mean i'll lump some of those future shocks in there just for good measure i i can't abide i'm just like right now man i'm i'm coming off the high from last time and i was like ooh, some stuff's gonna start and i'm feeling good about this future sports stuff like Mm -hmm. that that was pretty neat i like psychic uh you know, Panther. yeah i'm into that and like uh, you know sam slade's back and all and nemesis is back and i'm like oh this is great and then i'd like get to the like end point of like most of these and it's like oh good jesus just <laughs> what happened here it's like someone put their i don't know like raspberry jam in my chocolate like i don't need this Maybe that's good. I don't know. Bad, bad example. I mean, Raspberry I Jam can puts... be
0: good at chocolate, but just like how Future Shocks can be good, but sometimes are
1: disconcerting, right? I just, I want peanut butter and chocolate, I guess is what I'm saying. And <laughs> When I don't get my peanut butter and my chocolate, I'm like, why Why did we put these two things together that aren't that <laughs> Uh, anyway, for my top man, like, it was, it's kind of difficult for me. I mean, I am just patently going to say Nemesis the Warlock, because Nemesis the Warlock's fucking awesome. Mm. Out the gate, great, and just tons of, like, cool setup for where this is gonna go. I'm into Torquemada having to be rescued. It's like a, like a reverse dragon heist. It's the awesome thing you don't want to have happen. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, uh, you know, I'm into it. I, I like that, uh, we introduced two characters only just to murder them not introduce but reintroduce them it's like graben gets eaten by the woman who then gets killed yeah so that definitely was, <laughs> definitely like clear an interesting bit of hand waving it's
0: very much a clearing the decks for um for some other stuff just getting rid of some older parts of of the story i mean killing torquemada's kids too
1: is is part of that oh, as well nice. I mean, I'm sure it's like good setup that, like. Oh yeah,
0: I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's just sort of, make, it's just, it's like tying up a loose end
1: to sort of start an, a different story thread, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm into it. I'm excited. Uh, Slade's really good. Or Jesus Christ. Yeah, Sam uh, Slade. Robo, Hunt, Robo Hunter. Robo Hunter's really good. I'm mean, to saying Slane now, and yeah. it's like, also, I'm missing Slane. Anyway, uh, Robo Hunter was great. Judge Dredd, good standard, you know. And uh, me and team. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Psychic Panthers, man. I can't be upset about that. I don't hey. know anybody who could.
0: Hey, if you want to, you know, if you're feeling nostalgic you can just start uh, pronouncing Slade the way Slain is supposed to be pronounced. You just call him, like, a
1: Sloudy or something like that. <laughs> you know? Sláiné. Yeah. I can't, I can't do that. But do you know what I can do, Conrad? Mm. I can absolutely ask you, bro, what were you talking about?
0: Ooh, man. Um... So I guess I'm going to agree with you this time. Um Future Shocks is certainly an easy. I like I again, I like some of these stories, but man it's definitely easy just to say like you could toss them and I'd be fine with it. There could be, you know, any anything else in here would have been fine as well, you know. It's <laughs> and, really true. Um for my top, like I'm I'll let me just work through it for a second, you know. Like I'm again, like the Tharg comic strips, I don't know, like they sort of this one had way less like Tharg just solving the problem by being the best sort of stuff, but um, them. yeah. But like, I um, I did kind of like seeing like the, uh, the 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 droids doing stuff in the second story, although it is kind of cringy in terms of like its treatment of Nigel yeah. and stuff, which wasn't cool and mm. um. Also, like, I don't like them sort of piling on Burt in the first ones. There were a lot of actual story parts that I wasn't a huge fan of for Tharg. Um, mean Team's just starting out. We only got two of it this time, so I can't really judge that. Um, and But I, I will say that I agree that the idea of th- that your opening thing is just, listen, okay, we got a bunch of people, sure, but our opening story is just how one of them dies and we're jamming his brain into a panther. Is like, that is a bold start, and I appreciate that for sure. Yes. Um. And, um, you know, I like Sam Slade. I like this old Slade doing stuff, but we're still sort of in early days for that. Dread's very much just sort of episodic stuff. So it's sort of hard, to, mm. you know, it's sort of business as usual for Dread, which leads Nemesis, which I love. I love this story and this opening of just sort of getting really like getting into it with this, um, with just the, the, the larger plot of Nemesis, right? Like, because yeah, the Gothic Empire is a great story, but it's also pretty self-contained in terms of, like, the larger parts of Nemesis, right? Like... Absolutely. Because, like, Chira was killed and um Thoth was taken away, basically, in the final Kev O'Neill story. Um And, like the, and like, while we saw Torquemada sort of actually die and stuff in the course of the Gothic Empire, it also, you know, there's also a lot of money left on the table with his relationship with Candida and just sort of how he gets along with the, with the, uh, hike, with the folks on Earth and how that stuff works. So this feels like now that mills and talbot are sort of really jiving with each other they can really jump in and just you know blast out this sort of story that's been hanging for like i think like since the beginning of um 84 as i recall just for a a, a pretty long time so i'm excited to see them really kind of get back into it with this stuff hell yeah man so yeah that's all oh man yeah and and i just love nemesis generally so i'm excited for us to get back to it um Anyhow, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitch, the Google Play Store, or our podcast site, spacespinner 2000com Feel free to contact us at spacespinner 2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter. We're at Space Spinner2K for everything else. Look up, just look up Space Spinner 2000 and we should be there. Then come back next time for our coverage of the 1986-2080 annual. Uh, we've got some. Some awesome stories for Dread, Rogue, and Ace trucking. And I'll just tell everybody that on that episode, I didn't have the heart to tell our guest Zane, who's a pretty new 2000 AD fan, that Ace had uh, died by the time that the annual started oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, anyhow, that one also has an abridged version of Shako, one of my favorite 2080 stories. Yes. And I'm super excited to talk about it. Uh, then come back next. Next Monday, as Nemesis and Torquemada team up, Dread deals with the two-ton man and some superheroes. Uh-huh. Sam Slade goes to Sin City, and it's Panther time in Mean oh, Team. Hell <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Until then, I'm Conrad, and it's box and we are Space Winter 2,000. One, two,